When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My computer always decides to be a complete bastard on the day we record this podcast for some bizarre reason. Do you not? I bet you don't use it any other day, though, do you? No, I do. I do use it a lot, and I have no problems logging into emails, all kinds of things, except when I do this shit, and then it all goes, oh, no, I'm going to be upset today. Hello, I'm Alan Davis. You are listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Arsenal podcast, and I've got Ian Stone with me this evening. How are you, Ian? I'm uh, I'm the same as last week, and I'll so... be the same next week. <laughs> but I'm also hot. I should point out that I'm hot because you know hot under the sun. It is a bit Groundhog Day, isn't it? A little bit. Although, although a week ago, this is Sunday evening. We're recording this. Uh, we had won the cup the day before, so we that had. was better, wasn't it? And Keith Dover is here. Keith Dover, yeah. how are you, Keith? Keith's been supporting Arsenal since 1887. Absolutely. But I am feeling fully refreshed after nine days in sunny Dorset, despite the fact I was intimidated by a Texel Dutch ram. I uh, say no more. Okay. But let's say okay. I, I've had to beat a hasty retreat from this rather fierce-looking beast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, did it? Did it approach you? Did it? Or did he? Well, he did. Well, a couple of sheep had had got loose, and I was going to, you know, kindly, (laughs) you know, shoo them back, and then and then the ram appeared. Oh yeah, here we go. The ram appeared. Chopper the ram, (laughs) and uh, he 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 then started coming up to us as if to go, "Hang on, I've got my bitches with me, guy. You ain't messing." And. And he was that is give... the whitest thing I've no, ever heard. He was really giving me a horrible look. So I thought, now, do I front it out with the room or shall I hide now behind the large wooden table? I chose the table. <laughs> Being the coward that I am. It's a female sheep, is a ewe, not a... Is it? I've got my ewes with me, is what he would have said. I don't... Well, ewes, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm not up in the whole sheep world. I but mean, you... he's a Dutch sheep. Oh, Dutch ram. sheep. Dutch. I didn't know the Dutch had Ke- sheep. I really didn't. Keith. Yeah. Keith, why do you ever go to the countryside? It doesn't I love it. suit you. No, I, I do love it. Despite... Cows, sheep. There's, there's a lot what of I can't things understand that... in this story. Right. We're, we're, it sounds like you're in the country interfering yes. with someone's use. No, no, <laughs> they the escaped. <laughs> the next thing, there's a table involved. So, uh, yeah. are, you in, are you indoors or outdoors? Up outdoors. Where's I'm the outdoors. table come into it? The table is an outside table. It's a large garden area, but it is close to the field where the oh. sheep happen to be hanging out. So they're hopping in for your fresh. Well, they may have grass. Been, well, they, listen, they clearly got through the gate, which was left unopened, who by, I do not know. But then, they, oh, listen, I had no problems with the little lamby type things, whatever they are. Lambs. Well, lambs. lambs we're talking about sheep-like that. creatures. <laughs> I don't know. 
But then, you know, then the ram turns up and he's a he's a big old boy and he, yeah. he's not he's looking a bit squirrely at me as if to say, you know, I'm, I'm up for it. And I wasn't up for it, you know. No, no, no. Well, you you don't want to go, Mano, uh, Mano, 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 you're seconds away from your own series. <laughs> this is the sort of content they're looking for, isn't it, really? Let's well, they are. They, I think a, a man like me in the uh, countryside could put them straight on a few matters. Oh, my God. I don't know what matters, <laughs> but I could probably could. <laughs> but I did enjoy the the cup win. Uh, oh, did you? That's good. Um, you, saw, you? you saw that? I saw that. I did see that. Oh, the did you have an outside television for that? No, no despite sharing it with despite, the other animals. Despite Dorset's lack of any kind of communication technology down their way, they did manage. They have got for the BBC. Yeah, right, uh, gentlemen. Just a, a brief a pause in a in a merriment uh, on one of the hottest days of, of the year. Uh, good news that we are sponsored this week by Beer Fifty Two. We're offering a special offer to our listeners, so you can cool down and refresh yourself. I know you love a beer, Keith. Absolutely. With a beer from Beer 52. They are sourced and created from the best breweries on the planet, my friends. For free. Free? All you need to do... Yes, free. Well, it's £5.95 for the postage. The beer is free. That's a good deal. It's a good deal. It's it's www.beer52.com. Beer52.com is B-E-E-R and then the numerals 52. Beer52.com forward slash Tuesday. £5.95 for the postage and you will get uh, eight... Craft beers, they could be from anywhere. They've come, the cases come from all over the place uh, New Zealand or South Africa or Korea, America, beers from around Europe. Uh, and they, they have over 150,000 members in their beer, craft beer discovery club. So they've got dark beers. If you don't want a dark beer, choose the light option and you'll get uh, an award winning beer magazine called Ferment. And a tasty snack. And if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account. So, just go to www.beer52.com forward slash Tuesday to get your first case of eight beers for five ninety five. That's www.beer52.com forward slash Tuesday. Bargain. So that's nice. Bargain. I'm in. Nice. I'm going. Free beers. I'm having it. Now, we're recording this, listener, on uh, Sunday... Uh, August, uh, what day is it? Ninth? Sunday, August the 9th. Uh, the season started uh, on Sunday, August the 11th. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. almost, almost a year ago to the yeah. day uh, yeah. with a 1-0 win against, uh, against Newcastle, an Arsenal team managed by um, Unai Emery, of course. Uh, shall I read you the team? Shall I read you yeah. the team from that game? Yes, yes, uh, I'd like that. The, the Arsenal team, as it stood a year ago, burnt Leno in goal. Who? Uh, Ainsley, 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 Maitland Niles at right back with uh, Callum Chambers at centre half alongside yeah. Socrates. Nacho Monreal was playing left back. No. You're joking. I no. I shit you not. Really? Nacho Monreal. He might even get a cup in his medal, the one they give out so many now. Nacho was at left back. 
Wow. Uh, in midfield was Granite Jacker, uh, yeah. one, of the, one of the few players from the eleven who survived the season. <laughs> <laughs> yes, just about. Yeah. And so far, only Maitland, Niles and Jacker played in the cup final. Uh, Gwen Doozy. Yeah. Uh, Willock. Willock was right. playing. Wow. Right. Uh, this one, you know, we could sit here all night and you wouldn't guess this. Henrik Mikatarian played. No. Yes. <laughs> Henry Mikatarian. Nacho yeah. Monreal and uh, uh, we, uh, Unai Emery. Reese uh, Nelson and Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, who started as he meant to go on by scoring the winning goal. So, so the cup final team had Aubameyang in it, of course. Yeah. And Xhaka yeah. and Maitland Niles. Oh. Only three survivors. Oh from that opening day. Uh, on the bench, Danny Ceballos, who came on, as did uh, Nicola Pepe. And uh, Martinez came on. Wow. Did he? Uh, came on. Right. Um, can that be right? Yeah. yeah would, would he have come on, what? The I, don't, I don't remember, uh, I don't remember Bernardino going off. Also on the bench, David Luiz, Torreira, Lacazette, Oh, no, it's not Martinez, it's Martinelli. Of course it is. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, Absolutely, yes. Yeah. glasses. Martinelli came on with, with Pepe and Glund. So, really, it's really extraordinary. Three yeah. stars, the two of the subs who came on that day. So, anyway, and that we started Nacho. with a win. Nacho Monreal. Nacho Monreal also played in a home win over Burnley in front of 60,214-ish. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> Pretty People incredible. in uh, stadiums. Aubameyang uh, scored in that game as well, of course, and we won that game two-one. So it was a good start. Two wins. We started well. Oh then, yes, uh, and we, we did. went up to Anfield and got talked up there. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think uh, I seem to remember David Louise being responsible for something. <laughs> that would be the yes. Let's uh, let's uh, pull a Liverpool player down in the box because that always works very well. Penalty number one. Oh, one. This is isn't yes. it? Penalty, David yes. Louise. He also got turned by um, Mo Salah, didn't he? On Mo Salah just took the ball round him and slotted it in the corner. That's it. I thought we did all right at Anfield, though. We, we were looking good until they terrible. scored. We, we didn't get good. beaten like we usually get beaten at Anfield. You know what? It's one of those games where we were looking good until we started losing. And then we continued losing until full time. So mm. up to the one point where we started to lose, we were looking yeah. all right. But mm. then we started yeah. losing. Yeah. Uh, when we went on to play Tottenham Hotspur uh, at the uh, the Emirates Stadium on the August, uh, September the 1st, uh, is that a draw? Yeah, 2-2 draw, yeah, 2-2 draw. We were 2-0 down and... Were we? Yeah. I have almost no recollection of this I game this whatsoever. Is what, this is, I mean, I'm doing my best here to supervise <laughs> a review of the season, as I promised. Uh, 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 who, and, and we who, can't remember the bloody season. How are you supposed to remember this? Monreal who played, and who played? Who played in the Tottenham game? Cliff uh, Bastin or Cliff someone? <laughs> <laughs> Liam Brady. <laughs> Uh, I mean, da- I David Luiz had come in but into the side to play with Socrates by then and, uh, and also Kolasinac with Jacker as a defensive screen. You can see that the ship was sort of starting to hit the fan. Torreira played Pepe, Lacazette and Aubameyang. Then we drew 2-2 with Watford. Then we beat Frankfurt oh, away. Oh, oh, hang on, hang on. Watford mm. away was disastrous. Yeah. That one... In the second half, oh, David Luiz just blew it, and, and we well, we, we gave the ball away. Didn't yeah, in the we were box. we were 
2-0 up and cruising in that game. And then we struggled against a team that went down in the end. Yeah, That's well, to where be, it was well, to go to be wrong. fair, we were 2-0 down, but Watford did have... We looked like we were cruising, but Watford had had a lot of chances. Uh, but then we gave it to them on a plate, as per usual. But, uh, I think that's where it started to go wrong, personally. Yeah. Watford. I mean, you could say Baku, but I think Watford <laughs> was the yeah. game where we all went, oh, no, this isn't right. No, it was Crystal Palace right. before then, the season previous to that, before we well, even... I think things have started falling off. The Keith, I can't head. even remember this season. Don't go back God, to the previous yeah. season. Oh, no, it's, uh, seriously... I, I, I still can't get over the fact that Mkhitaryan and Monreal played this season. Yeah, on the opening day. <clears throat> That's right. And then, then we beat Villa coming from behind, didn't we? Maitland-Niles got red-carded. 3-2. Oh, yeah, I was at uh, that game. Yeah, that was yeah. Lucky. Good a game, goal. but a lucky, lucky one. Uh, we smashed Forrest in the League Cup. We drew at Old Trafford in the league. Terrible game. Uh, yeah. Smashed standard Liège. We really struggled to beat Bournemouth home. Then we lost to Sheffield United, which was a, a sign, wasn't it? Mm. Then we had this game against Victoria Goot. I can't, well, I can't even say the Grimaris, name. Is, yeah. Well, I wasn't at that one. I must have been working. But Pepe got a couple of free kicks and sort of... We was losing that, the bag. Yeah. yeah. Then then the season really started to go hit the skids. Uh, we had this disastrous game, didn't we, against Palace, uh, with Granite Xhaka losing the plot and... Um, throwing the armband down and nearly taking his shirt off and getting booed. That is the worst I've ever felt a game at the Emirates. Incredibly ever. toxic atmosphere. We thought it was toxic at times under Arsene, but that was really as, as toxic as it's as ever it's been. the worst, yeah. Yeah, uh, I felt awful after that game. We went to the pub after that game and I was sat there thinking, what am I doing? I don't even want to see this anymore. No, it was horrible. It was, it was horrible. horrible. And it felt like, yeah. I mean, how can you have a captain telling the crowd to F off, you know? And uh, I mean... Well, we were telling him to F off. Well, we We were were telling him because he was being substituted in. That's why. He was being substituted and wouldn't come off. He stood in the middle of the pitch, gesticulating. He needs to jog off the pitch. Get off. Let someone else come on. We're going to try and win the match. You know, that's the thing. If he'd just seen his number up and run straight off. No, No, but it's more than that. Al, it's the fact that when his number did come up and we all cheered. Yes! And that, yes, At that. last! His form was atrocious. His confidence had gone. I don't really blame him. I blame the management. But he was very exposed because Emery made him a key player. and made he him was, captain. His confidence was shot to pieces. He didn't want the ball. Mm. He was hiding all the time. And he tried to front it out when he was obviously really upset by what was going on. He knew he was playing badly. He knew the crowd were turning on him. He's a senior player. He should be leading the team. And he wasn't up to it. He wasn't up mm. to it. and I, I, Arteta, Not his fault, though, is it? That's the fault of the manager. No, yes, exactly. It is, yes and no. I tell you mm. what, it is his fault that he didn't just run off when he see his number come up. You can't, you can't go yeah. trying to front out the fans and all do all that. That was really appalling behaviour, you know. And then, if you remember, subsequently he didn't apologise for any of that. He started going on about having appalling messages sent to him on social media. Well, welcome to my world. This is exactly how social media operates. Don't read them, you idiot. Get off it. 
If you're behaving like that and you think, how many Arsenal fans are on social media? A billion? They, they, and they're all going to be sending you messages, so don't read them. Never mind going there moaning in the press about it. And you need to say, I let myself down there and I apologise. I shouldn't. But he didn't do that. He and, didn't and do that. We, we've, no, but the point is, we forgave him anyway. And I think the reason we did is because we realised it was a little bit us as well. I think the atmosphere down there was horrible for quite some time. And I felt it was partly us to blame. Uh, I, I genuinely. Uh, yes, did. perhaps you've got a point. Um, there was a toxicity around the place um, but what really brought him back around was the new management brought him back around and Arteta gave him the confidence and the position of the team that he could handle and responsibilities that he was up to and he started to work hard for the team not hide, get on the ball, get his passing game going and be a decent footballer again but he was rehabilitated by by Mikel Arteta and his coaches there's no doubt about that and initially I think incidentally it was also that that was also the case for Meza Erzul because Meza Erzul was really have struggling under Emery. But initially, I remember they were really making a big effort if he got subbed to all go and greet him, lots of embraces and cuddles, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's but, not you, but it's isn't, me. isn't that an interesting point you've just made? Because Granite Xhaka obviously embraced what Mikel Arteta has done for him, whereas. Ozil has not. And, you know, Arteta has given the same arm around him and said, come on, Ozil, I want you on board. Granite Jack has done the same thing. He could have easily gone, now, I'll tell you what, sorry, Mick, I'm off. But he hasn't. He's got got on board with the ship. He's come away with a cut winner's medal. Ozil is still out frozen, you know. Let's talk yes. about Ozil later. Let's, let's get through these games that we can't okay. remember. And then uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to write Ozil down here because this, we should talk about him. A little bit later on. Our next match after that one um, was a five-all draw at Anfield. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. That game, uh, Emmy Martinez conceded five and really was very lucky to still be an Arsenal player after that <laughs> catastrophe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Maitland-Niles was there. Uh, let me have a little look. Hang on a minute. Hang Willett on. got a great goal. Willett got no, a 30-yarder. Well, we was 2 up. higher up the pitch. Bellerin, we... Holding, Mustafi, Kolasinac, Willett, Torreira. Meza Ozil, who was superb that night. Everybody was saying he was the best player on the pitch. He got put in the side for a League Cup tie. And he was absolutely magnificent that night. Yeah. Yeah, one thing about that, I mean, he was the best player on the pitch, but it was Liverpool reserves against Arsenal reserves with Meza Ozil in there. So you would expect him to be the best player on the pitch, wouldn't you? We'll, well do that this later. Guy, this guy can't, he can't buy a win at the moment, can he? Anyway, no. uh, <laughs> Saka and Martinelli together, absolutely magnificent. But we contrived to lose on pens, didn't we? Then we played Wolves. And uh, that game was a one-all draw, and my kids came to that, and my boy turned to me. Um, he's he's, uh, <laughs> he's a full year older than he was <laughs> at this point, and he said it's boring, and it was boring. Yeah, and it really we did feel like one. we did. We felt like we were somehow on the back foot against Wolves at home. It was a dull game. Mm. We never seemed to get a shot off in the first half in these matches no. under no. Emery, and it. It was all about who gets the first goal. Everything was tactical and frightened and anxious. He was skipping around the technical area in a constant panic from the first whistle to the last. And it was such a boring match. It was a match that nearly put my kids off coming to the games. <laughs> it was really yeah. dull. You know, yeah. at least we used to go forward to try and play one twos, get in the opposition final third, do something, go, you know, entertain. 
entertain no, we the knew. crowd, you know? We knew then, didn't we? We knew. We were watching it going, this is just a matter of time, isn't it? That's yeah, my recollection. feel that way. Well, there were only four more matches. Uh, yeah. There was an away game against Victoria, a defeat at Leicester, a 2-2 draw against Southampton when we got a very late equaliser where we should have lost the game. Oh, God, yeah, we were bad in that. Yeah, we, we were bad we, in yeah, that game, yeah, really yeah. bad. The wheels had totally come off at this point. We lost home to Frankfurt and they fired it. Mm. And then, then they put Freddie Jungberg in and we had high hopes. Because he looks good, Freddie, right? He gets a tracksuit on. He looks good on the touchline. But 2-2 draw initially at Norwich. And then a home defeat against Brighton. That was terrible. Oh, and they absolutely outplayed us. <laughs> I mean, they, and they, never mind the defeat we had there when, when they all... Yeah, going doozy, loss of plot, Mopay wound him up, and Leno injury, and all that that happened. The game that we lost against them at home in front of a big crowd at the Emirates. It was a bad night. Oh, a bad my night. goodness. They yeah. passed us in midfield. Yeah. And we you didn't was have expecting any idea a bounce. We were going to play. Players, weren't we? we expect, you know, yes. you think Freddie Lundberg's in, there's going to be a bounce, but there was no bounce. In fact, we was bounceless. <laughs> we were deflated. We were. We were. Yeah. yeah. And at the yeah. end of that match, uh, we finished. We were tenth in the tenth in the table. Uh, Mesut Özil continued to play at that time, making a lot of appearances. Um, it's fair to say that Freddie liked him. He picked him when he could. Uh, but the next the next game was actually a, a win um, somehow, even though it was an appalling again an appalling well, first half. It was a away win at West Ham. We scored oh, three terrific was... goals. Oh, 65 minutes of the worst shit I've ever seen in my life for like Arsenal play, ever. And then we scored, and we scored a couple more, but we were terrible that It was night. an awful match. Kieran yeah. Tierney played in that match. Kieran Tierney was there. Martinelli played, Ozil played. Cracking goal from Pepe in that one, mm-hmm. and another goal was from... Uh, from Aubameyang, who throughout all of this mess just kept banging goals in. <laughs> he did, didn't he? <laughs> well, really thankfully, otherwise we'd have been relegated <laughs> if we hadn't. Yeah, we would, we would have been in the bottom six without him. Yeah. We would have been really in that fight uh, without his goals. I think that's absolutely fair to say. I went out to Liège. This was on election night. Uh, went to Liège. You were lucky to be there, mate. And, uh, well, <laughs> stupidly, I made a point of getting a hotel room that had BBC television, sat up and watched the wretched event. <laughs> the, the country chose the man who's now in charge, and it's really extraordinary. That's they, worked out well, hasn't it? I mean, really, we're looking at one and going, they haven't voted for him. They have <laughs> not voted for him. But then they you have. look who was in charge of the other team. This yeah. is the two worst managers in the history of... <laughs> <laughs> if we can yeah. use a sporting analogy, these are the two, the two worst managers these clubs have ever had. But there they are. That, that, and we, we got a 2-2 draw late on there, uh, really almost entirely down to Bakaya Saka, who by this time was showing himself to be an outstanding prospect. Uh, surprise selection, you will will forgotten in that match. Two players... Uh, who then went on loan. Do you want to have a guess at those? Oh. Two players who went on loan. Who then went on loan. Oh, Smith Rowe? Smith Rowe played in that one. And uh, Mavropanos. Mavropanos? Mavropanos, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a centre-back <laughs> that's really fallen down the pecking order. Though, by all accounts, he's doing all right out in out in Germany. He's played out there. Was it Nuremberg he went to? I can't remember, anyway. 
Uh, next match after that was a home defeat to Manchester City, which really gave us an idea of the absolute. Oh, I was at golf. that one. We looked like a third division team playing a Premier League team in a the cup. They just made us look idiots. They just they they they'd slice us to ribbons, yeah. didn't they? That was bad. And Mikel was lined up by them, wasn't he? And he was obviously watching it, going, "Have I made the right decision?" Well, to watching quote Alan, we were we were sniffing around Manchester City's. Uh, bins at that time for a manager <laughs> well that's not quite fair I don't think they were throwing Mikel out I mean, no, I think but... uh, if Mikel had chosen to stay on at Manchester City if they'd given him some assurance that he could succeed Pep he, he would be out in uh, in Portugal now going for the Champions League wouldn't he as an assistant manager to Pep Guardiola but anyway Luckily for us, I think oh, in the God. next match, Everton was, was Freddie Jungberg's last game. That was another bad game. Uh, Freddie could not get anything going. We, had, we really had high hopes. They put his picture on the programme. He looked like the Calvin Klein model we know and love. And he conjured up that one win in that dreadful game at West Ham. And that was the only win he that got. That was it. Mm-hmm. But we still love him. It's oh, just yeah. that it didn't work yeah. out as a manager. No. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. No. You know, it's not for everyone to be a number one. I tell you, he maybe will be one day, but I think it, it, when you're in the white heat of it, he looked a bit rabbit in the headlights down there on the touchline. Seemed that way, but yeah. but there was a lot to sort out, wasn't there? Let's be fair, we were really bad, oh, really bad. God. Losing to Brighton, beating West Ham and looking terrible, drawing with Vittoria Gumarez in Portugal. I mean, it was bad. So. It was. Smithrow played in that game at Everton. Freddie obviously liked Smithrow, but he soon went off on loan when the window opened in, in January. And we played Bournemouth on Boxing Day, and that was Mikel Arteta's first game. It was a 1-1 draw, and we, we, we were in 11th in the league. Uh, I don't know where Bournemouth were in the league, but sadly they have departed. Yeah. Uh, Saka played left-back in that one. Reese Nelson played. Ozil played. Mm-hmm. And he, and he did pick Ozil throughout. He picked Ozil pretty much every game. Were we playing four at the back, though, at that time? Because I think, and I know we're going to get on to Mikel, um, to sorry, Mesut Ozil at some point, but I just don't think Mesut Ozil fits into Arteta's favourite um, formation. I just don't think it works for him. And I think he sort of realised that over a couple of weeks and went, this ain't going to work. Mesut Ozil's not going to change the way he plays, and I want to play this three. No, I don't four. think that's it, mate. No? I don't think it is. I don't even think Mesut uh, Mikel wants to play three four three. I think he's just done that because it suits Louise, it suits Aubameyang and Pepe, it suits the people he's got. Sabios and Jacko, little pair. But it doesn't suit Mesut, does it? it? If Mesut, if Mesut was the best player in the team, he would build the team in to suit that. But Mesut played, you know, when we had uh, three at the back in, this, in the 2017 final and he would, he would put Sanchez and Ozil either side of Giroud, wouldn't he, Wenger? Mesut can play anywhere. He can play any number 10, right wing, left wing. He can play any position. He's good enough to do that. And yeah, but is can... he effective is the point it's I'm making. It's nothing to do with the, the formation, mate. It's his head has oh. gone. Its head has gone. It's nothing to do with its four four two or four three three or four five one. Or its head has gone. Something happened in the lockdown. The rumor, the rumor was that he didn't want to kneel, take the knee. He didn't want to wear a Black Lives Matter badge. We just talked about this rumor before. It is only a rumor. A stress. There's no. We don't have any evidence right. to support that. Mm. But this is what happens when there's a vacuum of, of silence. 
that room is coming and fill it. And, and so there's all this stuff going around. For some reason, Mesut just didn't want to know after the lockdown. And he was, he was picking him all the way through. All the way through. He started that last game against West Ham. I think he set up the winning goal, didn't he? With a little header across to Lacquer. He's got an assist in the last home game that we, we all saw. And then when, the, when we come back after the lockdown, Mesut's gone. gone. Absolutely got now. Yeah. Few appearances on the bench, sitting about, but you knew something was up because when we get to Brighton and we're desperate for a goal, and he's throwing on all the, the talented kids from the youth team, and Mesut Ozil still in the sand, something was. Well, and we're not making, and we're not making chances. That's the other thing throughout this season. Just not making chances. And Mesut is a creator. He is a creator. We did struggle for chances, it's fair to say. Go on, Keith. No, I was just going to say, listen, I've said it before, that Mikhail, he was at Manchester City. He's dealt with some egos there. He's dealt with massive, big players, much bigger than Ozil. And if he can't get a tune out of that guy, then it's down to Ozil. And he's the problem. And to go back to the cup final, when Lacazette, uh, I was listening to last week's podcast. We saying what was his role? That guy worked his socks off in that game. He did worked his socks off, and that's the difference between having eleven players that will really work hard. That's what wins you a cup. Not having ten players working hard and one guy just not giving an art. Yeah, that's we off. know. Well, yeah, of course. But Urza worked his socks off in the twenty fifteen final. Yes, and the twenty seventeen yeah. final. So I don't know what's happened. Mm. Uh, and he won't say, and no one will say. And the shutters come down, and we don't know what is going on with one of the best players ever to wear the Arsenal shirt. We don't know. Anyway, he played most of the games. I'll run through some of the better. We beat Man United at home on New Year's Day 2 0, and that was a good performance. And we looked good, you know. And we were still well, we lost the chip. We lost to Chelsea. We, lo- the we game narrowly before. lost to Chelsea. That was a bit unfortunate. That defeat. And we were great that day until mm. the last ten minutes, and everyone went home. Alexander said to me, "I'm disappointed." He said, "I haven't felt that disappointment for a while," and he was reconnected with the club at that point. There was After a good, that Bournemouth was a good game, we lost to Chelsea, and that was what it was. We we saw the way they come out. We started to see the seeds of what Arteta was trying to do there. Well, and that's yeah. there was some yeah, yeah, fight yeah. coming, you know. Yeah, and we yeah. like the cut of his jib in the technical area. And I felt that Jorginho was lucky to be on the pitch. Uh, yep. Could have gone for two yellows and ended up getting the equalising goal. And then we were a little bit on the back foot, running out of legs, and somehow they pinched it. But we, we, we pulled ourselves up from that and beat Man U in the next game. Mm. Had a really difficult game uh, at the start of our FA Cup run at home to Leeds United, who were pinging it around and looking really good. And uh, eventually, Reese Nelson scored, and we got through that. Drew at Palace, drew with Sheffield United at home. And then we had quite a, a, a good draw at Chelsea, and, and again, it was signs oh, of progress. Martinelli, mm. Martinelli, Martinelli scored. Would you put that down as your goal of the season? Do oh. you want to have a little pause here and do goal of the season? That's. That's right. a good call. Well, That's a good call. But I love that moment. But if you're asking me goal of the season, it was the one against Man City, the first one against Man City. 18 passes yeah. and Pepe's cross and Aubameyang's side foot. And I thought, that's as good a goal as I've seen in Europe this year. They're just team goals. Beautiful, the Fantastic way we goal. played it out. Not, not, the, not, the, uh, not the one in the cup final, the winner in the cup final. I, <laughs> I like that one as well. It's a quote time. Absolute filth. 
<laughs> that's more that's more of an individual thing though isn't it I, I've always liked a team goal really well and... Uh, yes and no Bellerin made a great run and then Pepe and then, yeah Pepe yeah. found him and the, and yeah. the fact that Lampard had picked Reese James who doesn't know where to stand and there was a massive <laughs> hole and, uh, and and there it was. There was a, that was a good goal. I like that one as well. But Martinelli's running away, Kante falling over, and Martinelli having what five touches, each of them perfect, and the last one side foots it in, and then does it mimics a bloke in the crowd who's done the, the you know crossed his arms, and Martinelli sees him and does the same celebration. It's when we fabulous, it isn't fantastic. Oh, I got that kid. Yeah, yeah. I abs- he's so excited. He ex- I'm yeah. excited just sitting here thinking about what the things he did. I'll tell you, one of my goals of the season was in Liège um, when uh, Saka, who had already put a brilliant cross in for Lacazette to head in, he then c- came in off the left, played a ball in to Martinelli, took the return pass, went past the man and curled it with his right foot into the bottom corner. That was a fantastic goal. Two kids just combining and tearing apart that side. And they needed the result there, um, the age. They were desperate to get Didn't Bellerin in the Chelsea game, though, he got the equaliser, and that wasn't too yes. shabby either. And we were down to 10 well. men, don't forget. So yeah. that was a massive result for us. David yeah. Luiz got sent off. Oh, really? <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> that was another You're one. kidding me. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he did. I think. I think it's a good shout that Willock's goal at Anfield in the League Cup what, was an absolute screamer, shot. an absolute what screamer as well. I don't. It? I don't remember many others that took my breath away. Really, but I love that first goal against Man City just for the way that we played it. But hey. Uh, that's the one I'm voting for. Yeah, what are you voting yeah. for, Keith? Oh, I'm definitely going for the cup final goal. Sorry, cup uh, final goal, and yeah. I want to go Martinelli <laughs> at Chelsea. See? So uh, we're stuck. Right. Yeah. We're stuck. We're, we're going to have to give it to Willock. <laughs> <laughs> Tierney, Tierney in the uh, in the whichever oh, game it was. Tierney's little stab in the Watford game against Watford. And I yeah. watched that sitting on a sunbed in Spain on my phone. <laughs> I'm still in quarantine, by the way. Oh yeah, oh, you're yeah. still locked up, mate. I'm I still in quarantine. Uh, after that, we then, we had uh, after the Chelsea draw, which felt like a win, as it can do when you've got ten men, you're coming from behind in a big derby match. Away, um, yeah. we then we then beat Bournemouth two one away, uh, and that was in the um, in, in the, the cup. cup. Yeah, uh, yeah. A goal then from from Saka as well, and a goal from uh, Inketia, who who would started to show his stuff a little the bit. Kids. It was the being a bit of well. a threat, wasn't he? Arteta likes Nketiah, and, and, and why wouldn't you? He's, uh, he's got every chance of being a kind of Andy Cole-type striker, very quick around the place. Jamie Vardy. Makes a lot thinking, of run. Well, if it could be like Jamie Vardy, holy smoke. That would be great. But a lot of the kids played around that time, didn't they? He was using quite a lot of the kids. Absolutely. And they were coming through. And that's why I thought, oh, I think I fancy us for the cup here because they were showing a lot of grit, grit the kids. And I've said this, you know, they... They have shown up some of the senior players in the past and that's why I've got a lot of faith in our youngsters because they have manned up when it needed to. You know, Bournemouth away, we haven't had a great deal of success down there, have we? So Yeah, to... and we looked comfortable, didn't we? We did. Really? Really? Uh, Ursa was on the bench uh, for that one, but he played every... He started every league game 
Um, he, he left him out when we played Olympiacos away, a game that we won. But he was on the pitch when we stuffed Newcastle at home. And we were really looking good at that point. Uh, we beat Newcastle United 4-0 Four in nil. February. I thought... Pretty comfortably. Yeah, but there was a bit of fragility about him, wasn't there, still? But we did beat Newcastle, you're right. Well, we had David Luiz and Mustafi at the centre of a back four, and that always felt a bit fragile, didn't it? But Ozil played in that, as did Ceballos, who was making a bit of a comeback. He'd had a, missed a lot of games with injury. Then we went to Olympiacos and won 1-0. Martinelli played there. Then we played Everton at home and got a 3-2 win. Um, and Ketia Can scored. I just go back to the Newcastle game? Because if you go remember, on. Richard had Arsenal to win 3-0 and would have won about 250 quid until Lacazette <laughs> scored in the final minute, the fourth, which I thought was oh, hilarious. Yeah. That was the funniest thing. Until I realised how much money he'd lost. <laughs> well, I think I've known Rich 16 years now and I don't think he's ever had a bet come in. <laughs> <laughs> that was the closest it's ever been. A Lacazette miss kick in the last minute. <laughs> Oh, that is funny, but it is. Yeah. Uh, ne- next game, then we had a disastrous game <laughs> at, at home to Olympiacos, an absolute catastrophe, um, where we somehow contrived to lose the game in the last minute. And even after that, <laughs> Abamyang had a chance, great chance, and he, great chance. and he, of all the people for it to fall to. I mean, the goal, it, a chart in the last couple of weeks of the season when he was in red-hot form, thankfully, because it meant we won the cup, he'd have taken that, wouldn't he? And we'd have gone through, we'd have gone on to play Wolves in the... Isn't that like a blessing in disguise, though, in some bizarre it probably way, is, isn't it? It probably is. I, no. I don't look back and think, oh, I wish we'd won that. You know, we lost We lost a bit unluckily in a cup tie, big deal. I was getting sick of those Thursdays, really. Well, we're getting them again. We are getting them again. We then went to Portsmouth, didn't we, and 1-2-0. And another goal from Enketia. And then you started to think uh, Portsmouth in the the FA Mm. Cup was immediately after that. So that's a good win, actually, Mm, given that they'd had that disappointment. Yes. Uh, 2-0. Then we beat West Ham, day after my birthday, me and Alistair's birthday. Luckily. Got a a scrape to 1-0 there. And then... We had a game against Man City away postponed, and if we knew, if we knew what, then, what we know now, <laughs> holy smoke, none of us would have gone out the door again from that day. <laughs> um, that was the day, yeah. there's no doubt at all, that that's the day that lockdown should have started. It was the next day that that uh, Rory Stewart, is it, the, the funny little bloke who was Sorry, trying to be the Labour leader, yeah. gave a, an interview on a website, I think it's called Joe. Have you seen that interview? Uh, honestly, it's worth a look. Okay. He, he gave it on March the 12th. He, he made a, a compelling case for locking down on that day. Uh, he said, every, every, every day you delay this when there's a pandemic is crucial and vital and will cost lives. And he said, sure, the school should s- shut now. And, and he was very articulate about it. They said, well, what experience have you got? And he went through his experience of disaster situations and... Uh, working in Africa when Ebola was there and his time in the military and he made a very compelling case for shutting down on the 12th, the day after we had that game against Man City, postponed it. As you know, it went on for another 10 or 11 days before well, they eventually did, ch- did lock it and down. And Liverpool had Atletico Madrid had come up. We had the Atletico yeah. Madrid fans go to Liverpool. which there was That happened that week yeah. and yeah. Cheltenham happened that week as well. Yeah, so... But that's right, Mikel Arteta basically caused the league to be shut down, didn't he? The Premier League, by getting COVID-19. Supposedly, they think he contracted it 
from uh, the guy at Olympiakos, didn't they? That's that's, oh, that's, that's what appears to be what they what they thought. Um, he he contracted it there. Thank God he was tested. Yeah. Um, anyway, as I say, if we if we knew then what we know now, but some people did know then. One of them was Rory Stewart. Yeah. Why would you listen uh, to that man with that kind of expertise and obviously honestly. Listen, listener, find that find that interview and and watch him talk about it, and it'll it, it's shocking that Johnson completely and utterly ignored him, and we ended up with more of a kind of Brazilian leader or a Trump type leader <laughs> than someone with intelligence and foresight and, and leadership skills. It's just a buffoon who thought he could shake hands and not catch it. Uh, anyway, then we went into a period where <laughs> Boris Johnson was intensive, in intensive care in a ventilator with yeah. half, half the country whispering to one another, well, wouldn't it be funny if he carked it? He didn't cark it. He, <laughs> he, pulled, he pulled through and then we all had to stand on the pavement for six weeks applauding the NHS who saved that idiot. Um, it's part of the job, though. I'm slightly, I'm slightly twisting events here. I'm very bitter and angry about the fiasco <laughs> of our government. I don't know if that's coming across. No, no, uh, no, no, no. Certain inferences no, you, that you're making. You know, yeah. But let's jump forward. Let's jump forward to the the sunny uplands of the restart, uh, where we went to <laughs> what Man City and Brighton. <laughs> Man, we played Manchester City in a deserted stadium. Uh, so no change there then. <laughs> and so uh, and then the, and the uh, perhaps it was a good reintroduction to football. The near silence of the Etihad, the what, what was known uh, in football as the new library, uh, <laughs> and again absolutely had our asses handed to us. Well, you know what you said about Liverpool earlier in the season, where we looked we good were, until we were We were doing really losing. well until we started losing one of those yeah. games. Yeah, it was one that of was one of those. Yeah. I think Man City was the same thing, really. We looked all right, and then David Luiz made a cock-up, didn't he? Well, and then suddenly it, uh, it all went wrong again. Was yeah. he sent off in that game as yes, well? Yes, he was, was funny on. enough. Yes, he was sent off. He gave, wow. uh, gave away a goal, and then he gave away a penalty and was sent That's off. That's right. You know, he right. really went for it that evening. He, he, he had money on that, losing 3-0, yeah. yeah. But, um, well, the odd thing was he came off the bench, didn't he? Yes. That there were loads of injuries, weren't there? It was about oh, ten injuries in the first God, couple of first five yeah, minutes. I think we minutes. lost some. Mari, old uh, labia romp. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Pulled his pulled his labia, <laughs> romping, <laughs> romping, and uh, he's, he's a he's a unit, isn't he? Uh, labia, yeah. and, and he he went off um, with. And on came David uh, Louise. David Louise came on, and then he went off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a substitute uh, sent off. It's not the only substitute who's been uh, sent off this season. Uh, and Ketia was also sent off. I was listening on the radio to that that game. And uh, the pundit, the two pundits were sort of, the commentator and the pundit were sort of trying to make a case for the Louise. And the guy back in the studio went, oh, come on, please, he was terrible. And then they both went, yeah, he really was. He really was that bad. You know how the old pundits try to, you know, give him a little bit of, you know, bit of support. But no, he was awful. No, it was a terrible, terrible performance all round that. Uh, As you say, we were all right for a bit. Uh, not getting t- too battered, and then it fell yeah. apart. Then we had the Brighton debacle, and, uh, yeah. and now th- at this point, uh, was sitting on the bench. Something's gone on. We don't know what, and uh, perhaps this is the moment that we've talked about him enough. I I, I, I saw a thing on the, the Daily Mirror website. I think today uh, they're talking about just paying him off. 
Yeah. Really? 18 million quid. Uh, 18 million. Well, he must really quid. upset people then if he's it, uh, to, to do that. They that... want him out the door. And, uh, but normally in this situation, you'd find a player removed. But this is rather like with Gareth Bale around Madrid. Did no one on God's earth is going to pay those wages? to any footballer uh, short of Lionel Messi but wouldn't it be better just to to sell him to let's say he wants to go to Turkey maybe he wants to go go and and play in Turkey and um, and say we'll pay half the wages does it make it rather than yeah well we yes it would be better he's got to go and play football somewhere and we're going to have to pay his wages well unless there's Um, clubs that actually are looking at him and going actually no we don't even want to pay up uh, pay half his wages they might even want to pay less. You know. Well, the talk was that Fenerbahce were going to offer him 50 grand a week or something. Well, it's a little bit taking the piss, isn't it? But yeah. Well, what? We're paying £15 million for the year for him to play for Fenerbahce? £18 million, uh, at a time when the club have made 55 people redundant, yeah, who supposedly it would have cost yeah, two and a half million to keep. Um Certainly, Ivan Gazidis deserves a good kick in the bollocks for that contract negotiation. That was a right cock up. That was. It was just. Yeah, it was. A I, bit. I um I, I was gutted after the cup final. We had such a good, like, lovely day on Saturday. Everyone was so happy, and then they go and do what they do on Wednesday. That was, make fifty-five was, people redundant. It was pretty shocking timing. Wasn't Timing's it? terrible, and we because we know Stan Kroenke is worth a billion and a half quid, and his wife is worth more than that. Yes. I understand their match day staff, right? From what from the conversations I've had with my missus, we talked about it, mm. and. W- she said that she thought that um, the club didn't realise that they weren't going to play uh, any matches with fans there um, uh, next season, which I don't think fans are going to be in for most of next season. No. And the club went, well, we don't need to keep these people on. But well, the timing of it The jobs don't terrible. exist, do they? That's the truth of it. The jobs don't exist. The jobs in hospitality, even if they do let fans back in the ground, they're not going to... You can't social distance in one of those executive boxes. They're not going to have bars at club level or anywhere else. So the jobs just don't exist, and those jobs, the in any case, well, the timing the, was extraordinary. Do we know I mean, what really the jobs are that are going? Because I read there's something. They're even no, they don't the tell scouts. us anything. They didn't. They didn't tell us anything. Now the scouts, the the, the scouting thing is apparently nothing to do with the redundancy. Okay, the, change, okay. the changes in all the scouts. Kajigal is an Arsenal mm. uh, youth team player and had been at Arsenal for a very long time, so has been replaced or moved on and. Oh, but all of that is a football side of things. Where they're doing this team, trying to organise how they want to recruit players, and um, you know th- that's that is that. The other thing is that Arsenal has grown and grown and grown and grown over the years of success in the Champions League and under Arsene Wenger, gone from three hundred to four hundred to five hundred to six hundred employees. Now, yeah. now we've gone off a cliff in revenue. A huge amount of Arsenal's revenue is match day revenue. We've got one of the highest match day revenues in Europe. And and that's gone, and those jobs aren't there, and the and the business is contracted. What I would have liked to see it's, it's naive and ridiculous to say, well, Cronkers should just keep paying these people for jobs that don't exist. This is now it works. Mm. It is hideous that American billionaires get richer and richer and richer and richer. Uh, I'd point you towards uh, John Ronson's rather brilliant book, a collection of essays in which he does one about 
uh, finance and tax. I don't know why it is the case that billionaires in America are, are able to avoid tax, pay almost no tax. In some cases, they pay 2% tax. It's extraordinary. And Kronka gets richer and richer and richer and richer and richer. What disappoints is that knowing that the Borough of Islington supports Arsenal Football Club, knowing that the business is contracting and shrinking and, and there's, you can't have really natural wastage. You know, oh, that person's gone, we won't rehire and slowly shrink a company. Everyone, the same week, the Evening Standard cut a third of their staff, over 100 people. Everywhere it's fallen apart, it's, it's a catastrophe. What you would like to see, what I would like to see from, from Cronker, is some sort of investment in Islington, some sort of a project, if it's just a housing project or an infrastructure project or something that he could invest in on in a not-for-profit basis. Some affordable housing would be nice, given that they've just changed those laws so there's no longer an obligation for all those people in... in uh, real estate, as they call it in Cronkerland, who all the friends of the Tories, all the Tory donors who run all those big corporations who build properties, they suddenly let off the hook from providing social housing. He could step in and do something in Islington that created jobs and say, listen, we've cut people, we don't want to do it, we know it's a mess, and we're going to look for a project in the area to generate jobs and try and help. That, sure. that was, that's what I would like to see him do. What I'm saying to you, though, lads, is that is an absolute fantasy out of my head. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I'd like to see. I'd like to see peace in the Middle East, mate. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I would like to see the world go vegan. Yeah, <laughs> all of those things would me. be cool. Yeah, I'd miss the cheese though. I would. But I'd yeah. like to see. I'd like to see Sandra Bullock come through my door now. <laughs> so I'll keep an eye out. Can I live I'll with you for the rest of my life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not going to happen. So. I guess bad, we have to suck it, it up. But it just, timing. the timing of it was so bad. And the fact that when we're looking at financing football and we're talking about giving Mesut Ozil 18 million quid just to go, don't play, and we're going to pay uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang another 50 grand a, a week to stay, and these 55 people have to lose their job. It's all, all those conversations happening at the same time. Mm. That's all it was, really. It was it was the timing. And it, yeah. it needed to be so. explained better, as Alan said. Listen, you can't keep but people Kronkia. on in jobs where it simply no. doesn't exist. There's no point in having... But Kronkia doesn't give a shit. It doesn't. No, he doesn't. And, uh, the fact is that there used to be a relationship between the club and the council when they did the stadium build. And, yeah. and, uh, it's different now. Wenger different had a now. different morality. Wenger felt responsible to people in the club. Wenger ran the club, right? But things have grown. But you had a different board. You changed. had a history there. You had David Dean, Endelman. You had all Ken Fry, all these people. Cronky just came in once the stadium was built. It's, it's, it's there's money. nothing there. Yeah, well, he didn't yeah. build They don't that even stadium. bother with a figurehead now, do they? So chips, so chips, the ear trumpet. Uh, <laughs> He's gone. He stood Listen. down. Uh, there's, uh, there's no one left. No elderly, slightly deaf no. bloke, you know, like all those old boys and Mary Poppins. <laughs> No, it's the bloke who's married to the Walmart billionaires and his massively rich son and, his and son. the super agent Kia Jarabjian. Yeah. That's, and they're the people who run the club now. And there's nothing we can do about it. But it just sort of made me feel a bit gutted three or four days after the cup final. Mm. So, do you know what? It was very sad news. And I'm sorry for all those people. It, it's very, very difficult to know 
There's nothing. How, you know how the future's going to pan out, really. Uh, the, the two conversations about those redundancies and the contracts for Willian or the contract for Abamyang are two players in their thirties being given a massive contract. Um, but of course, you need to get the team up the table and in the top four to generate income to grow the club back, and so to get to the point where you might be rehiring. Uh, but as it stands. Uh, with no match day revenue, no Champions League, really, it, the club is going to contract. It mm. just is. And yeah. never mind with COVID-19 and then, huh, hilariously, we're still leaving the European Union. Can, can <laughs> London stay in? Because Islington and Camden were 70% remain. <laughs> this is the time for London, London to secede from mm. the... From, 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 have you if, seen... Never mind if you... Scotland leave. Can London just leave? I know you've been in for two weeks. You haven't seen London, have you? No one's there, mate. No one is there at all. Covent Garden yesterday was... There was no one there. No, it's one bloke in a unicycle just riding about with his hat going, well, no one. Help me onto this unicycle. But listen, People are going toe-to-toe with rams in fields. Listen, going back to what you were saying now about the stadium, I mean, the fact is it costs us five million, doesn't it? I think a week to maintain the stadium. It's some ridiculous amount of money. So if you haven't got that sixty thousand coming in, it's it's a nightmare. And who knows when the, I you know we've all going. Oh great, we've qualified for Europe. Are we going to have a European competition? Because surely if there's these other spikes, you can't send a team to Seville and then they're going to come back and quarantine for two weeks. Yes. that's a fair point, a Keith. Point there's a lot make. of things. That yeah. people have no idea, mate. No, no idea. No, that is that's a very good point, mate. Who, who, who are we going to draw, and are they going to be on the government list or not? And <laughs> do we take a private jet from Luton and land somewhere and get to their stadium and out again, guaranteeing no one gets COVID nineteen and takes it home to St Albans or Tottenham? Well, or on, a, on a lighter note, uh, Andy Linden, or Uncle as he's known, a Spurs fan, he he phoned us up to congratulate us about you know winning the cup, and he said. And this is exact, his exact words. He says, oh, thank you, because we've got to play an extra three games now. So that oh, means yes. we've got to go to Margate, get on the Orient Express, <laughs> try, you know, right, you know, and then go to some country where we dropped off by a coach driver, like something from a Hammer horror film, and goes, this is as far as I go. You walk the rest of the way to a country whose national economy is donkey dung. You know, and... <laughs> And we've got to play now. Is it three? Are they doing three? Three qualifiers. But is that six? Are they two-legged matches? No, no. Three single games. Only three single games. So they could get knocked out in the first round. They could. Oh, that. Or they could get quarantined in Lithuania. Or they could play a shed load of games, get us in the final, and then get beat by us. That would really be hilarious. But well, there's that as well. But uh, there's that. Um, I'll just go quickly run through the God. the rest of the games because they're so recent. It feels like they all happened in about a two week spell. Oh, they're knocking um, them out, we, weren't they? Uh, you know? We really did lose that at the plot in the podcast we recorded after the Brighton game. It was such a day Barkley, and then I I honestly believed that we would then lose all our matches. And yes, uh, that's how pessimistic I was about the rest of the season. It didn't look good. I thought we would lose all our matches. <laughs> uh, well, how wrong? Well, I'm frequently wrong, as you know, but. Southampton away 2-0 Sheffield United away in the cup 2-1 Norwich at home 4-0 Wolves away 2-0 we've got a point against Leicester and then contrived to lose to Tottenham which is really irritating mm, yeah. uh, because we then beat Liverpool 
And Manchester City, and Manchester City in the Cup semi-final. We had a terrific run of results, apart from that blip against Tottenham. We we contrived to lose to Villa, but we beat Watford, and then fantastic. Gloriously. It was a great cup final, and mainly because this cup final was more significant than any other cup final we've played in. We had to win to get into Europe. We had to win to keep Aubameyang. Yeah, but hang on a minute, Keith. I think the Liverpool game, the Liverpool game, we were lucky, but the fact that we found out we went, hello, because Liverpool played their full team. They were going for 100 points. They wanted it, mate. They wanted it. And they wanted it. And we we sort of got away. They gave us two goals, and Mm. thank you very much. And we beat them, and I think... They all thought, all right, we can, we've got something here. We've got mm. a little bit of something. Because then they played Man City next and they beat yeah. them. And three, they deserved to later. beat them. And we three kept the clean sheets. We yeah. kept clean and they, sheets. they deserved to beat Manchester City as well. And I think that belief that came from that Liverpool game and then through the Man City game, I knew that Villa would be a bit of a come down. He played after the reserve team anyway, but. At that point, he turned. Something had turned in that team. They, this they speaks well of the manager, I think, because it reminds me a little bit, a little bit of Wenger. Every time you thought he's down, he gets back up again. A bit of a Tyson, Tyson Fury. He's that. Yeah. Surely that's it. Oh no! And, and <laughs> after the Brighton game, which is awful, we went and won at Southampton. And after that Tottenham game, we went and beat Liverpool. There's something. There's a bounce back ability about him. Um, very, yeah. very uh, impressive. So uh, we'll start with our uh, Tuesday Club awards. Um, I'd like you, first of all, to decide, if you will, on the on the Arsenal Manager of the Year. We've got uh, three <laughs> candidates. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be controversial. Not um, my vote is Mikel Arteta um, yeah. uh, over Freddie Jungberg and Unai Emery. Me too. Me yeah. too. Uh, I've, well, I've, I've got to fall into that camp. Uh, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, Mikel. Okay. Uh, I'd now like to go for uh, attacking midfielder of the year. Uh, <laughs> <this is> a, <laughs> attacking midfielder, you might think, uh, is a bit of an oxymoron when it comes to Arsenal because we just don't seem to really get any goals in midfield anymore. But I'm going to give you three candidates: uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> who who played in a one 0 win at Newcastle? Meza Özil, who played a lot of football, created more chances than any midfielder in the club or any player in the club uh, until something happened. And uh, uh, Danny Ceballos, who played two superb matches in the FA Cup semi-final and final, uh, arguably man of the match in the final. And winning uh, goal against Sheffield United. Who are you going to vote United? for? <laughs> Yes, a crucial winning goal as well. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so attacking midfielder of the year, are you going for Danny? Danny? Oh, <laughs> not even a not even a hesitation. No, in there. Henrik Mkhitaryan. <laughs> is he still on the books? <laughs> no. Yes, he is. is we lo- we loaned him to Roma. Oh, he's still on and, the books. And doing a deal, a transfer deal with an Italian club is almost like oh, I've seen a brilliant film by the way. I, I recommend. I don't know if you've got the Curzon Cinema app. No. If you, if you go on there, the Curzon Cinema app is a fantastic range of movies on there. And there's this Italian film called The Traitor. It's a mob movie. It's a true story from the 70s and 80s. Highly recommended. I think doing a doing a uh, transfer deal with an Italian club is a bit like dealing with the people in that film. But he's he's still he's on loan, and we're trying to do a deal for him. All right, next category: uh, best centre back of the year. Uh, the Arsenal centre half of the season. Oh um, my oh. god! 
Oh my god! I'm going to give you several candidates. Hang on, now. does it have to be the season? Can't we just pick one game? Because <laughs> yeah, some games we had, we employed about five. Uh, we've got oh, we've got uh, Labby and Romp, obviously, and Mavropanos. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, Mustafi and David Luiz it was absolutely immense in the FA Cup semi-final against yeah, Man City but also got sent off world <laughs> times <laughs> got away loads of penalties and Callum Chambers as well as Socrates and uh, Rob Holding Rob Holding and old Big Horn and Kieran Tierney played left centre-back for a bit so did Kalasadak's granted Jacker played centre-back for a while uh, I think the, our player of the season for the first half of the season until he got injured was Callum Chambers I'm going to go with you on that definitely Definitely, yeah. He was fantastic, and I hope I know Mikel knows him well because they were players together, weren't they? So yeah, I hope he gets back from injury and, and is competing for a first team place. What game was it? He got season. injured. Was it the Manchester United one away? Because can't remember. Can't, I have no recollection. I'm looking down the list there. Yeah. He played in Man City. At home, he played. Oh, if he played one. in that one at home, yeah. now then he played against Everton and got subbed. At Away Everton, so I think that was where he did the injury, and in fact, yeah, he was never available for selection by Mikel Arteta. Mm. His last game appears to have been Freddie Lloyd. Well, let's give it to him. That's... I, I mean, I hesitate to just give it to Louise for one amazing performance, but Man City was immense, wasn't he? He, I mean, he suits him to play in the middle of a back three. There's no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, a young player of the year. Uh, oh, only uh, one. There's a very uh, yeah. Well, Martinelli would would, would have been a shoe in for this, going on the early part of the season. Remember the goals he was banging in. He had a kind. He's got a kind of Eduardo type knack yeah. for finding space yeah. in the box and his heading ability. He's very is fantastic. Good. Yeah. He's super quick, dribbling skills, clever passer. Love him. Great spirit. Goes. He's going to get himself injured the way he tackles. A bit like Jack Wilshere sometimes, but. Um, but I, yeah, Saka is the player, the young player of the year. Oh my he? God! Without yeah. a doubt, what a what a debut season! Unbelievable and scoring important goals. Where did he score? He went. He scored at uh, Wolves, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, but he also made a goal for Enketia with a cross at uh, the Emirates that was just but it, isn't that interesting though, that Arteta put him on the subs bench and didn't play him during the cup that's how hard Arteta well, is because he thinks no this team's this team is staying on they're doing the business he doesn't let sentiment enter it and you know no no he, but hang on you got look at that team that that team in the cup final was the most experienced team he could choose the young kids did get on maybe as a sub one or two but that was the most experienced team we but had the interesting selection uh, was Maitland-Niles, wasn't it? Because cause Saka did play left wing back against Liverpool. Yeah. And he played left wing back against Villa. Maitland-Niles is better defensively. Maitland-Niles on the right foot against opponents that come inside and he knew that Riyad Mahrez was always going to come inside and Maitland-Niles could match him for pace He's, yeah. he, and he didn't buy any of the dummies and Mahrez was snuffed out of that. Yeah. Mm. By, yeah, by Maitland-Niles, defending it on the left-hand side, but with a strong right foot. It was very yeah. tactically very astute. And yeah, it was yeah, brilliant, yeah. and it's really killing me that I keep reading that he might be sold. I, uh, I'm reading that the club might sell him, but, but Arteta doesn't want to, but they want to raise money. Oh. I don't want Ainsley sold. No, we don't want him to go. No, but I am, um, yeah, I, I, I do like Saka, though. What a player. What a player. So we go so on to talented. player of the season. Um, <laughs> Only one. There's only one um, candidate, isn't there? Uh, yeah. He created more chances than any other player. He was first name on the t- 
Jesus. Uh, do you think he's in the first name on the team? Oh, isn't there a query? Do you think he's... Mm. No. Uh, it, the, the candidates for player of the season are uh, uh, Kieran Tierney, because we love him. Yeah. Uh, Emmy Martinez, because we love him. But when your head rules your heart, it's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. By, by, by three somersaults. Well, as you said, <laughs> if we didn't have him, we'd have been in the bottom six. And we wouldn't have won the cup. And we wouldn't have got past the fourth round of the cup, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, well, he didn't show up in the cup till late on, but what an impact no. he made. No. Um, I haven't done any emails this week. Apologies to people. I'll have a little look. Um, there's one or two that are quite funny. I think might be worth uh, Andrew Roth says this isn't funny but where does this cup win stack up with all the other trophies down the years well, a, well, I think we've answered it's that it's a massive cup it's a big big massive big it was massive moment. it meant nothing to Chelsea it meant so much to us there was a lot of pressure they all manned up they we went 1-0 down in five yeah minutes. and I was thinking oh and no, we, and no. we didn't panic no we didn't we didn't panic and, and by the way I reckon Mikel Arteta is king of the uh, of the water break. By the way, he's absolutely brilliant at the water break. Good point. He really Ian. knows Very what he's good doing. Point. When yeah. you, when you see him talking, they are all absolutely transfixed, aren't they? They yeah. really listen yeah. to him. Uh, I've had an email from Tom Walker who says I've been listening to the back catalogue, meaning our Tuesday Club podcasts. I'd like to remind Alan of something he said on the episode <laughs> Beaver Watch in early 2012. <laughs> And he quotes me as saying, I want to finish eighth and win the FA Cup. Oh, uh, did you? You uh, said that. In the time, the days when top four was a trophy, I appear to have said that on Beaver right. Watch. And that strikes me as as good a place as any. <laughs> <laughs> you can't always get what you want. <laughs> Gents, uh, are you going to watch Champions League this week? No. Yeah, yeah. I watched uh, Bayern Munich last night, and they were very good. I'll wait to the yeah, finals. I watch the finals. It, uh, I oh, think that, the finals yeah. happening. The finals happening this weekend because it's Barcelona Bayern Munich, and that is the, that's that is the, the big game. one, isn't it? That is the game. Yeah, and the season starts in two weeks, doesn't it? <laughs> Community Shield coming up. All right, gents. I'll see you later. See you later, guys. Ta-da, Al. See you, Keith. Uh, thank you very much. That was our that was our review of the season on the Tuesday Club. Thanks to Ian and Keith. I've just come in. Back to you, listeners, because I want to dedicate this podcast to a friend of ours who's very ill at the moment. Um, Simon, our friend who's sat with Keith and, and uh, Ian and I at Highbury for many years, has been an Arsenal fan. Um, he's very ill in hospital, and uh, we're all thinking of him and wishing him well. So uh, that one's for you, Simon. 